Hörer, wo immer sie auch zu finden sind. Oh, okay. This is an English show. Oh, We're in America, madam. Uh, Gigi, what did you just say? And uh, everything okay there? Yes. Welcome, everybody, wherever you are. You have now entered the cosmic radio receptors of KCRW LP 100.7 FM in Brookings, Oregon. I'm Dr. Gigi, and you are tuned into this week's edition of Doc and Jock with bumper music. Yeah, KCI. bumper music was cool, though yeah. we can't hear it. Nope, not yet. KCRW LP community radio located right here on this lovely coastal paradise. My co-host is Herr Jacques Wolf. Wie geht es so, Wolf? Hallo, wie geht es dir? Comment ça va? Merci bien, sehr gut, danke, Monsieur Wolf. Okay, slap back out of it. Back in English, here we go, high neutral. Hi, folks, thanks for tuning into this show, which is a variety show of sorts, where every Wednesday between 4 and 5, you will hear a full hour of live radio under the guiding hands of our engineer, Tom Bozak. Thank you, Tom. And Thank you. Hey, I guess we didn't hear it, but the bumper music's there. So for all you listeners, you could get to me, you know, reach out to me and say, hey, we like the bumper awesome music. awesome or something. Or not, but yes. no, it was good music. We got a big fight over it. All right. Well, either way, we're starting right now. We will start each week with the bumper music and then with a medley of fascinating stats and facts and some medical info that can affect our health. And after the doctor dispenses her medical wisdom, mm. we will introduce this week's candid guest for a colorful conversation, and she's quite a colorful conservationist. No, conversationist. Sorry. <laughs> she said conservation, too. We will save the last <laughs> segment of our weekly show for some good humor. We need some humor at the end. Oh, I got the good jokes today. Plain Are you jokes. ready, Janice? Okay, get ready, Janice. Contemplative quotes. And all of this is starting right now on Doc and Jock. And Dave Howland, who listens for our jokes. Um, okay, that's my cue to kick off this week's topic of MDGG, or medical dialogue, according to this German-born, patent-holding research scientist, practicing family medical physician, trained in England and at the Bronx oh Hospital, gosh. and on and on. Dr. Gigi, yes. what have you got for us, Doc? Thank you. Well, today, we will talk about digestion. Oh, the stomach issues. Yes. Oh, stomach and digestion. No, we have Ooh, a ton of this really cool oh, stuff. I like this stuff. So digestion, actually, is a breakdown of food into smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller components until they can be taken up into the body. What do you call stolen digestions and medication, doctor? What? Kleptobismal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's one down. Okay, a great joke. Um, so now you should say, wait, I think we're already in the body because we're eating food. Not so. Okay, wait a minute. It's You say it's outside the body? Our yes. digestive system is inside of our body, doctor. Yeah, so that's what we think. But technically, it is outside of our body till it is taken up into our bloodstream because our GI, or gastrointestinal tract, is the tube that starts with our mouth and ends at the anus. And whatever is in there is basically still on the outside or considered outside of the body. Okay. It consists out of our mouth, esophagus, stomach, small intestine, and large intestine. And digestion takes place basically in all of these parts. Now, we're also using little helpers. We're using enzymes. Which Hi, are, I'm an enzyme. Okay. You said biocatalyst. Bacteria. Oh, I'm bacteria. <laughs> and mechanical processes. You know, chewing is a mechanical Oh, wait. Oh, process. is that mass? Ma wait a minute. <laughs> Mastication. Mastication. I won't yeah. say the other word. Okay. Mastication is chewing, right? Yes. Darn tootin', right. Tom, excuse me. Are you chewing? I'm chewing. Okay. Other organs help us with the digestion, though, and that is mainly the salivary glands, the spit glands, oh, good the pancreas, liver, and the gallbladder. We produce quite a bit of uh, spit, don't we? Yeah, like two, two and a half pounds. What? A day. A year? <laughs> yeah, a, day. a day. Worth producing that much, you know what? Yeah. Yuck. So the digestion starts in the mouth with chewing, as I said, mastication, and addition from enzymes that can actually already break down starches to sugars, and we also break down some proteins. This is a fun fact. If we're eating starches like potatoes and we're chewing long enough, they taste sweet because starches are sugars in a row and some side change. That's what starches are. Doctor, do you know what baby potatoes are called? What? Tater tots. 
Okay, Tom Tom laughed. I think it Ray- takes about seven seconds for food to travel from our mouth to our okay, stomach. Okay, but seven seconds, come on. I mean, I could eat a piece of meat, which I don't really eat that much meat, but, but if I chew, 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 it's a lot longer than so. Oh, you're saying once I swallow it? The swallowing mouth, not sitting there in the mouth, but then as soon as we send it off, it takes about seven seconds. Now, and only a few things are absorbed into the bloodstream, remember, going into our body in at the level of the stomach, in the stomach, which are, interestingly enough, things that usually cause stomach irritation, such as alcohol, 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 aspirin, and other NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. NSAIDs are, oh, I know that, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, diverticulitis. (laughs) Drugs, right. Now, this is another fun fact. The GI system, gastrointestinal system, plays host to more than 500 species of bacteria. Okay, Not 500 bacteria, 500. Trillion. Oh, you're saying 500 species, species 500 different kinds of bacteria. And they all kind of have a big party down there? They all have a big party. They all get along. Wow. Um, and so when people say just give me an antibiotic, well, the antibiotics, one antibiotic doesn't work for all. So you really have to make it species correct. So that's kind of cool. The other cool thing is we're not born with any bacteria in our gut. Stop. Yeah, true. Stop. Mm-hmm. When you're born, your mom just ate some pasta. You're eating pasta with bacteria in it, right? If you're in the womb. Um, not really, because, well, it depends on how you do it. No, we know the mother's blood that we that the person in the womb, the, the baby in the womb gets is not full of bacteria. Well, we don't is, have any in the intestine. Remember how the intestine is the outside and in the womb uh, there is no outside yeah, yet? They don't okay. eat, the babies in the womb don't eat food. So as soon as they're born, you start feeding them yes, round with, up dollar bills, old ones, <laughs> with milk and feed it to them. They get the bacteria that way, right? Um, no, don't do that, folks. Don't do that, please. Hey, what do you call a fake noodle? A fake noodle? Impasta. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm getting I'm, I'm on all cylinders. This is a cute one. A woman's small intestine is longer than a man's small intestine. I have a... Uh, okay. okay. The whole digestive system is about 30 feet long. Wait, I've heard it's longer than that. You know, some animals, like a big bull elephant or hippopotamus or these yeah. big animals, bulls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you know they are vegetarians? Yeah. All right, they're vegetarians. Uh-huh. That's all. They don't eat meat. That's interesting. Okay. Well, <laughs> their intestines are extremely long, whereas, you know, a tiger, a lion, a hyena, yeah. they are meat eaters. Yeah. Their intestines are extremely short. Whoa. Guess where we are as human beings? Are we closer to the short or the long? We're in the middle. We are the longest of all species on Earth. We have the longest per comparison size yeah, yeah. to any species, any animal on Earth. That wow. makes a good sense. To so, tell what you does that, that mean? Be vegetarian because we're meant to be vegetarians. Mm-hmm. That's a okay. good argument. Only people okay. that raise beef. Noted. Thank you. Jump in my case. Um, stomach acid or HCl, hydrochloric acid. Same one that runs my battery. Is able to dissolve metal. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. About 10% of all people are intolerant to gluten, which is a protein in wheat. Gluten it's called not a good thing. Gluten intolerance or, or, or celiac sprue. So a lot of human beings have gluten intolerance. Yeah. Okay. 10%. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty big. About 65% of older people develop, or not babies anymore, develop lactose intolerance. Babies, lactose, okay. Yeah, so that is something that develops in adulthood. Okay. Uh, to be able to drink mother's milk is only valid for, and in, then in, in later we don't need it anymore. Okay, so. so speaking of that, that's cow's milk. And I've heard like giraffe's milk is more closer related to human milk than cow milk. It's kind of an alien and kind of an alien thing, but we are sold on. Well, we don't have too many giraffes here. Maybe that's part of the reason. Hey, I'm not a vegetarian, but I eat animals that are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's wipe that one off. I'm getting my chokes fast. The gut is regulated by its own little mini brain, meaning that we have some nerve cells that use the same neurotransmitters, same little chemicals that go from one nerve cell to another. And they work together. 
If you think about if you're getting totally stressed, you might have diarrhea. So that is the GI saying, the GI tract saying, don't waste your time getting all the water back. Get rid of the feces and run away from the tiger or such. Oh, I see. It's more important. Fight or yeah. flight is more yep. important, yep. right? That's an ancient thing. By the way, stress eating is a learned behavior. One of my favorite quotes is, let me take a nibble in peace and quiet versus an entire feast under stress. Yep. That's okay. a good one. Okay. Don't what forget that have? stress eating is a learned behavior. Very important. Okay. So I want to mention just a few little pathologies, thicknesses okay. that it can is happen up, with, there's, you know, the normal gastritis and have a diarrhea and whatnot. So everybody has that. The more important ones are the celiac disease that I already mentioned, the gluten intolerance, which is actually an autoimmune disorder, wow. believe it or not. And so when they go in, the gold standard to detecting that is actually a colonoscopy and or EGD, whatever, and taking a section of biopsy where they see that the mucosa, the wall, the inner wall is actually atrophied. So atrophied at meaning dying. Atrophied is not being as strong anymore. So there's places, spaces missing in there. So it's not three-dimensional. It's more flat, basically. Okay. There's diverticulitis. And diverticulosis. Div diverticulous? <laughs> I had that in Missouri. Those are little, diverticuli are little pouches. They, they kind of pouch out of the small or the large intestine that often is caused by being too constipated. And you push and you push and you push and it just doesn't go through. And so it kind of blips out of the wall. Oh, great. Diverticulitis is when it's inflamed. Okay. Very painful. Diverticulosis is asymptomatic, basically. So most people have diverticulosis to one degree or another. Now, the, there's two more, three more things I want to talk about. There's IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, where we don't really know the cause. It is the most common functional gastrointestinal disorder. Nobody really knows why and what and who, but they know you can have... Um, diarrhea with it or constipation or both and it's probably has to do with a nerve so the little mini brain and there's Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis oh, no, they're IBDs stuff. inflammatory bowel diseases and they're both well they're both autoimmune thought to being autoimmune they both have um, ulcerations in the small or the large the um, um, colon, and they're very painful. And so there's not super much that can be done. Sometimes you have to do surgery to take the piece of colon out that is affected. Yikes. You have to be on medication. You cannot eat certain things. So that, those are very painful, and they really should be seen by a specialist because they're something right. rather. Wow. Okay. It is, by the way, February 7th, yes. Wednesday, 2024. And it's and, sunny. And it's sunny outside, yeah. Uh, before I get to our guest, I want to say that tomorrow night, Ray Gary, our associate, uh, everything guy here at the station, is having his, I think his 40th birthday party at uh, like Checo Brewery. And everybody's invited to come between 5 and 7, but we usually stay till 8. They're going to have open mic night. And if you know Ray Gary, he's a cool guy. He's, a, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an upright, outstanding man. Has long hair, looks like a hippie, but he's totally cool, <laughs> and we all love Gary. So if you're not doing anything tomorrow night, the 8th of uh, February. February, then come on down to Checo Brewery and have fun with Ray. All right, so we are, do you have a lady's choice, uh, ladies first? Let me read a little bit of that. May I have that? I was looking all over for it. He said, uh, hey, folks, uh, today's live broadcast of Doc and Jock's radio show here at the KCIW studios is a special type of show that Gigi and I frequently broadcast and one that we affectionately call Ladies, Ladies First. First. Yeah. <laughs> this is when we are honored to have a candid, interesting conversation with a talented, inspired woman that excels at what they do best. And today's guest epitomizes this criteria. Criterion. She comes to Doc and Jacques, well vetted and recommended by many of our friends and informed listeners. Um, 
we literally stumbled upon her, you did, looking for a lost pig in Crescent City oh, one yeah. day. And this lady came out and said, yeah, that, I saw a pig cross the road over there. Months later, we run into her a couple of weeks ago at, in Crescent City. Uh, and she goes, oh, yeah, you were the ones looking for the pig. And we got to talking, and what do you know how the universe works? Isn't it amazing um, what what we find out, what people around us? Because we found out that she is a mover and shaker. In an industry that is close to my heart, and invariably many of yours, whether you like it or not, since getting to know her, I found her to be a sharp, contemplative spirit who listens more than she speaks and someone who perfectly fits the title of her chosen profession. You know, at my age... I have uh, 65 now. Yeah. Um, Whoa. Yeah, 20 years younger than? No. <laughs> and Ray. <laughs> I have fortunately uh, been a conscript of this woman's passion for I have lost some of the greatest treasures that I have ever known. And those treasures, of course, are my human friends and loved ones that have passed into the great big blue yeah. eternity. Whether or not you have experienced tending to the final episodes of a loved one's life by slowly dying or, as in my case, uh, tragically, one entity has always been there for me and millions upon millions of others have been well served by it. End of life care and the subsequent grief and grieving are in themselves somber subjects, except inevitably each and every one of us will face others and our own demise. Yep. The entity that I referred to is, of course, hospice. Well, there, there you have it. We're going to find out what hospice is, where it's been, where it's going, uniquely to our community here in Brookings, Crescent City, and beyond. For joining us in the radio station is none other but the CEO of Coastal Hospice, serving Del Norte County, Curry County, and beyond. Uh, I got a, a big, big welcome to Jamie, Jamie Doherty. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Right. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. You were on the show, KFUG show with me an hour and a half ago. So she's our firstie ever. That a double. Double. Yeah, she was on my show at KFUG, and now she's here in the KCIW studio. Once again, welcome. What do you got for her, Doc? Well, Jamie, where did you grow up? I grew up in the California, the San Francisco East Bay, so Alameda County area. All right. Cool. Now, and how long have you lived here? And do you still like it? Yes. I, I've lived here five years, and yeah. going on six, and I came over from Medford, and, and I, I love it. You, How long were you in Medford? Fifteen years. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what is your position? We already said it, but... Give us a little background of your position. CEO, yeah, right? CEO of Coastal uh, Hospice. Yep, Coastal Hospice, Coastal Home Health and Hospice. And um, I was uh, recruited from Medford for the position. And I love I love the work and I love the area, so I came over. So what did you do in Medford? I, I, I'm an RN, so I worked in home health over there. Okay. You were involved in hospice over there, mm -hmm. so you got your feet wet from your rolling, right? Okay, what is the mission statement for Coastal Hospice? Yeah, we uh, provide quality, compassionate, holistic care for um, individuals and their families at end of life, trying to make sure that they have, um, you know, that we're honoring their choices. So we really want to make sure that the care that we provide is about meeting their needs and not ours and making sure that we m are meeting their goals. Okay, cool. Is it a nonprofit organization, 501c3? We are. We are a nonprofit, 501c3. Right on. Just like the radio station, KCIW is a proud 501c3, not-for-profit thing. Go ahead. Ask a question, Doc. All right. What's the history of hospice? In the U.S.? Yes. I yes. asked part of it. <laughs> she pointed yes. at me very... Um, so, uh, uh, so... I'm going to go back just a tiny bit. Historically, we as uh, humans, we've always uh, cared for our uh, dying family at home until about the hospital institution as we know it now came about. Then people started dying in the hospital. Yeah. So uh, 1967 in London is really when hospice as we know it today was born. It came to the United States in 1977. 
uh, with the first hospice program in the United States. And in 1982, Medicare and Congress made it a benefit for Medicare, and that's when it really took off nationwide. As a Medicare Paying for hospice, yes. Oh, how about younger people with on hospice? Well, that's up to the, whatever their insurance is, but Medicare it really sets the standard for uh-huh. our care. Yeah. So, whatever Medicare does, everybody follows. Oh, so it came over in a wave from the, from England, like the Beatles, right? Right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Now, tell us about for people who are not super familiar with it. What services do you provide as hospice? I think you're also home health, right? Right. But we're we're wanting to know about the hospice yes, part. Yes. So we take care of people in that have a terminal diagnosis in their home, wherever that is. So mm-hmm. if they call a facility their home, then we would go there. Yeah. And we come to them. We bring nursing services, social workers. We have a spiritual care coordinator that can take care of your religious or non-religious um, needs. Uh, we have a bereavement coordinator, and we have a hospice aide to take care of personal care needs. And uh, we also provide pharmacy, so all of the drugs and durable medical equipment. Now, so- I had actually, I, I took part of hospice. Uh, I, I had a partner who died, and he was on hospice, and I was, and I, I, I'm a medical professional, right? Mm-hmm. And, but I have never actually personally been involved with hospice, and I have to say it's, you know, the, the German I am, yeah, I don't need that, yeah, I don't need this, and it was just so helpful. Mm-hmm. It really was. Even, you know, I have, obviously, I have seen people die, and, and it's not foreign to me, but if it's your loved one, yeah, it is a different story, and it is really, it's it's amazing. I'm really kudos to any of the hospice people and the organization. It's it's a great help. Now, who regulates hospice? Medicare sets the rules, mm-hmm. and each state is tasked with enforcing those rules and making sure each agency is following them. So does so I sometimes write for end-of-life care mm-hmm. medications through home health. But there's, I don't know, I, I, I don't know of any rules that I have to actually follow. So how, how does that work? Uh, you, there, I mean, you're a prescriber, so you don't necessarily have rules. You would have to follow the um, the drug rules yeah. for the pharmacy. Yeah. And... Um, in terms of being able to dispense to dispense those medications, but the, those are the only rules. Okay. Hey, I got a quick question. Uh, you you touched on it at the earlier interview. What is hospice not? Help us dispel some of the myths. Yeah. So we do we do not kill people. We do not euthanize people. Um, that is something that is amazing that that, that people think we don't give them a shot to you know finish anything. We don't make them sleep through the rest of the end right. of their life. Um, we we don't do any of those kinds of things. We don't. They're not locked into it. It's you know, if you don't die naturally, we don't make you die. Right. You know, it's really. Very much, uh, we just hold your hand through a process that you're already going to be going through. And so that that's really what we do. Wow. You work in both Oregon and California, our unique area here where we live right on the border. And so you're operating in Del Norte. You're operating in Curry County. Curry County, you're well-established, more so. You're just, mm-hmm. what's the history of Del Norte? You just recently moved into Del Norte? We did. We moved. We we became accredited in Del Norte in April of last year. Wow! Welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big deal. It took a couple of years because we started right before COVID, yeah. and so that wow. really put up a lot of barriers for us. And then, um, but we we managed to get through it and and get our accreditation. What's the biggest difference between Oregon and California? Is it pretty seamless? Is it? You have a bigger operation here in Brookings. We do have a bigger operation. I mean, there's more rules in California, but... Um, oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no kidding. Yes, uh, but really? but yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty pretty much the same. And how many people... 
do you have all employees? Do you have uh, volunteers? Tell us about your how you work. Mm-hmm. How many people? We have we have about forty staff members, and they serve both counties, so nobody is um, specifically one county. So they have to be um, certified for both. They they are licensed Lic- in both states. Yeah. Yes, and. Uh, we also have uh, fi- 15 to 20 volunteers, and they are so important to what we do. Yeah. They really, really just enhance the quality of life in terms of having somebody that's just there for you. They listen. They can read books to them. They can do housework, pet care. Do you train yard- them? Do you train them? We or? don't. Re- I mean, we train them in hospice philosophy, and uh-huh. they, we train them in what hospice means and what yeah. it means to be a volunteer, but we don't yeah. train them in skills uh-huh. as far as how to do it's really we want them to do what they like doing yeah. and we want them to do what they're skilled at doing. And so if they want to do yard work, then we will hook them up with somebody. Maybe they're a veteran. And so we'll we'll set them together with a veteran patient. Oh, yeah. uh, and so we'll, we try to match them. But we don't teach skills. We teach about hospice and what it means and what it means to be end of life. Um, but they they use their own skills. Are you always looking for volunteers? Very much so, yes. We yeah. we love volunteers and we're always looking for them. Okay, so at this point, grab your pens because in a little while we are going to be, uh, you're going to be, you could take down her number. She's going to be giving her phone number and websites and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So later on, uh, have volunteer. that ready to go so you can write down how to reach out to yeah. Jamie Doherty here on KCAW. Who qualifies for hospice? So you have to have a terminal diagnosis where our hospice physician says that you are likely to die of that terminal diagnosis in the in the next six months. So it's your so you have your own physician. Yes, we have our own physician, and so it really it that person Medicare requires that that person says that they have the terminal diagnosis. Yeah. So if you get a terminal diagnosis from your doctor, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to qualify for hospice. It has to be that six-month window. Right. Uh, and then you would you would be able to get on service with us. That being said, your doctor doesn't have to send you to hospice. You can take yourself to hospice. You can start that conversation with us. Uh, immediately at any time, and we are the ones that determine if you're ready or not, and then we'll let you know if we feel like there's a time frame when you may be ready, uh, or if there's tests that need to be done to get you ready. Wow. Okay, to be in that service. Mm-hmm. So hospice care is meant only for end of life? Correct. So what is the difference between hospice and palliative care, which is end of life care? Well, palliative care is not necessarily in the the last six months, right? Mm-hmm. It's really any point in time where you ha- there is suffering from some kind of a disease yeah. or or process, yeah. and you need relief, but there's no cure for it. Mm-hmm. So you're not seeking a cure, but they're still needing relief but they're not gonna pass away in six months. Right. So that's that kind of window where maybe there's a cancer and you're gonna live for a couple more years, yeah. but there's no cure for it. Okay. Is American hospice unique? Uh, I don't I don't really think that it is. Uh, like I said, this was really born in From, London. Yeah, yeah. yeah but and, in London, uh, in England, the, the hospice, mm-hmm. you go to hospice to die. Mm-hmm. They don't come to you like mm-hmm. we have in America. It's usually, I associate hospice with the hospice workers coming in, sitting be, beside the bed of the dying so person. So this is here in Louisiana. We actually had a hospice center where they where people could go mm-hmm. if they if they couldn't be provided at home there was a small little hospital type setting for people to actually go as well yes they we do have those here in the united states oh uh-huh they are just not as um common because most people do want to be at home with with their yeah. family yeah wow and there's one in eureka 
All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, amazingly, we are already at that halfway point. I told you, Jamie, like earlier, it goes by so fast. It goes fast. You're a, you're a well-spoken um, woman that that is answering all our questions and many more to come. You are tuned in to KCIWLP, Curry Coast Community Radio, 100.7 FM in Brookings, Oregon. Thanks for tuning in to this live show here on Doc and Jacques. Every week we bring you a host of interesting people. And if you are an interesting person, whether you be an artist, musician, business owner, or someone like Jamie that makes an impact on our society, please let us know. And you could be sitting across from us in this very studio, this beautiful studio, by the way, uh, at KCIW. The best route to reach uh, out to me or and Gigi is just go to my Facebook page, Jacques Kepner, that's K-E-P as in Paul, N-E-R, and friend me. Or look for us around town, like tomorrow night at Ray Gary's birthday party at the Chetco Brewery. Yeah, between <laughs> five and it'll go till eight, but knowing knowing Ray, it'll go on till one or two in the morning. <laughs> uh, you'll see us out there. Reach out to, to us and let's talk. Again, KCIW 100.7 FM. Back to questions. Am I asking or are you asking? Where are we, Doc? Let's find our paper. I love shuffling the paperwork. You can. You, oh, yeah. Okay. So, what you said something earlier today, Jamie, on uh, earlier the conversation about it's a human right. What can a patient, what kind of treatment can a patient expect? So, we really, our, our primary goal is to alleviate. Uh, physical and psychosocial suffering, okay. psychological suffering. And so that is going to be what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that the, there is pain relief, yeah. there is breathing relief, there is anxiety relief. I truly believe that hospice care is a human right, that it is not something that should only be given to those that can afford it, which is why we're a nonprofit. Yeah. And so we do take patients that are unable to pay because it's a it's a right. Right Absolutely. on. And what do what do hospice patients if you, you've seen so many people, you've been bedside with me, people have passed on. What do hospice patients want the most at their end of life? Is there any th- cumulative thing you could say? Uh, well, you know, everyone's different, but it's really about alleviating that suffering. And it could be there's fear and fears too. So there's fear of pain, there's fear of what comes next. So that's that spiritual uh, unknown. There's what is going to happen to my family after I'm gone. Right. So that's really what we do. We take care of all of those things with you. We walk beside you and help you and problem solve and make sure your final arrangements are are made and you're you're at peace so that you can really experience this last transition. And just not the dying person. That's that, correct. It's the family too. Yes. So we follow the family with grief support and bereavement support for 13 months after they have passed. This is a, a great it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. hospice. And oh. I, I, you have bereavement counselors. You have yes uh, classes. I've attended many of them here in yes. Brookings. Yes, we have our grief group here in Brookings twice a month. That's the first and third, third Tuesday at 3 p.m. Where? At our building on 585 5th Street. Which is right behind Grocery Outlet and mm-hmm. AutoZone there uh, right. here in Brookings. So you have those bereavement people coming that are talking. They're mainly listening. Yes. And that, it's a big group. Yes. I go there and I get so much relief. It's like, oh, finally, some other people kind of understand mm-hmm. what I'm going through. Yes, exactly. And I told them, you know, I, I told you earlier, you know, healing from grief is not, I mean, there really is no healing. It's really, how do you cope with this new pain, this new wound, and how do you get through the rest of your life living with it? Yeah. Right, grief is incredibly isolating, and so that group to be with other people that have experienced it is incredibly. Um, it just helps you continue to move through the process. I don't want to say healing because I just I don't know that you can heal. You you always carry it with you. Yeah, it's right. Like a wound, but yes. now you always have that scar. Yes, and yeah. so uh, so the group really just can walk with you down that path. So well. 
such an important thing, the, the, regardless of religious, secular, whatever, wherever you're coming from. Mm -hmm. I highly suggest if you're going through a grieving situation, reach out to hospice. Now, when you have a patient that does not die within the six months, how or how does the hospice service end? So, as long as a person is continuing to decline and we believe that death will be coming, then we stay with them, even if that takes a couple of years. We stay as long as they need us. If, on the other hand, they have stabilized or they have, because that happens frequently, yeah. we give such amazing care that people frequently will stabilize. And so wow. they come off. If they stabilize, then we we graduate them. We discharge them back to their doctor and nice. um, we let them know that we're here, you know, when they need us. Yeah, that's, that's very awesome. What's, what insurance does Coastal Hospice honor? Uh, here in Oregon, we take we take everything. Uh, we take Medicare, Medicaid, private, Medicare Advantage, everything. Okay. And you say they can one can um, refer oneself, right? Yes. They can mm -hmm. say, "I think I need to be in hospice." And if a doctor refers, it would have to go through the hospice doctor to determine if that is. So, would that go first through home health? You would, if it a, a normal doctor refers them to home health, and then with the consultation into a hospice? Is that how it works? Not exactly. So if the doctor felt like we really need to go see them, the primary doctor would send a referral mm -hmm. to us to hospice okay. and a nurse would come out okay. and evaluate you and then deliver that information to the doctor mm -hmm. and they would consult and make a determination if, uh, if you're appropriate. Yeah. So the nurses are trained, obviously, the hospice doctor is trained. Now, how do other people not so trained, how, how do they understand that a personal loved one is transitioning into death? Yes. So that, that happens. I mean, people don't have cancer or something that's really obvious. And so you would look for signs of, of you know, getting older. So that would be losing weight or uh, stop eating, sleeping a lot, falling, uh, increased trips to the emergency room. Those are really, you know, telltale signs. Those are the red flags, mm -hmm. generally. Wow. And is there, you've already touched on this about the grieving families. We'll go back to that, the bereavement counselors that work with you. But what happens if a person doesn't have any insurance? What happens? There still we still want you to come and talk to us, and we will figure it out. We have uh, philanthropic money that we set aside so that we can make sure that we pay for your your care. Right on. So the patient in hospice, can they still see their normal GP? Yes. Yes, they can. They would see them for... Anything outside of that's related to their terminal diagnosis, yeah, blood so, pressure, diabetes. Right. Anything. So if you're there for, if you're with us for cancer, we would take care of everything related to any kind of cancer or cancer symptom. Yeah. But if you got into a car accident, you would still go to the hospital. If yep. you broke a bone, you would still want. We would, you know, make a decision on whether or not we're going to fix that. Um, so those kinds of things. But our doctor can take care of a lot of those, um, you know, cardiac or uh, medications or diabetes medications. We, we take care of those if because um, a lot of people can't get to their doctors anymore. Right. What's the name of the doctor that's you said our Dr. doctor? Dr. Pollock Patel. Yes. Yeah, so our doctor. One of your colleagues, right? I know of. Oh, you know. I've, yeah, I've seen his name. Yeah. What other kind of doctors do you generally work with? We will work with any of the doctors that send um, send us anybody. We uh, patients have the right to choose their attending physician. So, Doctor Patel still has to uh, determine that they are terminal in six months, but their doctor can be their primary doctor through their hospice care if the doctor agrees to it. Some doctors do not want to do it because they want the expert to to handle it, right. the specialist. Yeah. So they don't always agree, but if they do, then we will work with them. Yeah. Now, what doctors are there? Certain doctors you do not work with? Not in, not generally. No. I mean, 
we, you know, if you're going to refer, then we'll, 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 if you're a primary, we'll work with you. Are you aligned with the larger hospitals or medical organizations? No, nope. We're very independent. Yeah. Hey, who diagnoses terminal illness? Do you, doctor? You're the one that terminates, or who? Who? So somebody. How does somebody? Well, Dr. Patel, no, wait, I guess Dr. Patel says the six months, right? right. Well, it's usually, I mean, what I know, it's it's usually cancer-related or, or advanced COPD-type mm-hmm. things. Um, there are people who are just old, mm-hmm. and there is no diagnosis old age Mm-mm. or natural causes. There is no diagnosis. So we have to say failure to thrive. That is the diagnosis that we have to. But they're showing symptoms like Jamie has shown, stopping eating, drinking. Yeah, failure to falling. thrive. And that's where the failure to thrive comes in, which is failure to thrive. strange that we cannot say old age. Mm-hmm. But aren't we, Jamie, aren't we all truly, we're all terminal, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> which is the reason why we should all be having conversations about yeah. what we want at end of life, regardless of our age. I mean, really, as soon as you become an adult is when, which 18, you should be having conversations about what that looks like when you die. What do you want? What yeah. So when, when we do um, Medicare wellness visits, mm-hmm. we always ask, do you know what um, advanced directive is? What do you want to have done? Mm-hmm. Is especially if there's something, not necessary hospice, but if you cannot make the decision, what do you not want done? If you want everything done, you don't really necessarily need that is the default. But if there's something that you do not want done, it needs to be in writing. Mm -hmm. Because if you go, if you're in a car accident, you're knocked out, you're unconscious. And if you go to the ED, they don't, they can't read your mind. If there is something that you don't want, you don't want to be intubated, well, it better be in writing somewhere because they will do everything they can to keep you alive, that is the prime directive. Mm-hmm. So if you, if there's something that you do not want, it needs to be in writing and it needs to be at your hospital. We usually ask for it, although you will not see me in, when you are unconscious because then you go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it still needs to be in writing and then we send it off to the hospital. Very important. Yes, but it really needs to start so young because... Would you agree that when yeah, you have these certainly. conversations, they're very uncomfortable? People yeah. don't want to start thinking about that. They've never thought about it, and they want to. They don't want to give the impression that they don't want to fight. You know, if we have these conversations, that means that we're giving up, and that is not the case yeah. at all. It right. is really, you know, it is going to be a fact. At some point, this is going to happen. Right. So we really need to plan. And a lot of times, actually, people say, well, I have kids and they want me to do certain things. And I say, this is not about your kids. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Right, that's palliative um, operative mode, right? It's, right? it's what the patient is better. But we get that in hospice, actually, where a patient is very appropriate, but their children yeah. do not agree. And so they don't come on. Oh, my goodness mm-hmm. gracious. Okay, now, if there's... We, if we shut our, our ears to death, well, we shut our ears and eyes uh, when it comes to sex and death. I mean, it's like, hey, shh, quiet. The kids are going to overhear us. And people cover up. You, you've been around people that put their fingers in there and said, don't talk about death. I don't want to know. What are you talking about? They get upset. But it's something we are all facing. We're all walking our way towards death. Mm-hmm. Right? So be more prepared. Is there a plan? Is there is there any time too early not to reach out to hospice? Uh, if you've got, if you if you're suspecting someone is entering that autumn of their life, yes, I mean we really we're happy to you know look at your medical records. You should be having difficulty with activities of daily living. Would be a good time to reach out to us if that's starting to happen. If they're pretty independent, and then that's not a really a good time if they don't have any kind of disease process. Well, if you're thinking about it, is, what did you say, 1977? Mm-hmm. That is almost as old as me. No. We've come a long way, So baby. this is not a very long history. No. So a lot of people actually do not, especially the older generation, doesn't know about this. Wait a minute. Hospice? I, I, well, again, I'm used to it. Since mom died in 96, when I first got my first, first dose of it, or actually earlier than that with a couple of friends. Yeah, it's been around. It's been a 
power thing. But again, people still, do you find people still not understand what hospice is all about? Yes. I mean, frankly, we go out and they don't want it. It's not what they thought. They, as much as we explain it, they think we're going to euthanize them. They don't, they don't understand. Yes. And it's because they don't have experience, especially, you know, these 90 year olds. That's not how, how their parents. Right. Passed. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you just said a word, euthanasia. What's your opinion on Oregon's legal uh, euthanasia? My opinion is that every person has the right to self-determination. And so they really should be, if they if that's something that they want, that they want to look into and they decide between them and their provider, their doctor, that, that's, that they're appropriate for it, then we will assist them and help them walk beside them and they are not alone through that. But we don't do that process because they have to work with their with with an outside provider for that. Yeah. Right. What's the black pill, Doc? Is there such a thing? Black pill. Are you you're I don't do you're I'm in not in Oregon. Yeah, it's actually Oregon. a concoction yeah, and it? it comes in a powder that gets reconstituted into a liquid. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You'll have Connections to I have connections. Yeah, there's. Yeah, you have. Yeah, there's. I've had some friends that have passed by by choice. What is the hardest part of your job? Well, like I said before, before we were in Del Norte, telling any resident of Del Norte County when they were calling uh, here to Oregon and wanting services, needing services badly. And we had to tell them, no, we could not come across the imaginary state line to this wall and help them. That was heartbreaking. It really was. That was just because we had the skills, we had the ability, we had the resources and we just could not do it. And that was really hard. It's, it's amazing. This, this, this border, it's it's unbelievable. Don't how bring your fruits or vegetables or hospice over here. <laughs> yeah, bug bug shed. The bugs kind of <laughs> did right there. Apparently, what's it like making new friends with people and families that are dying? Wow. Um, you know, it it's not as hard as you might think. We learn in the medical profession pretty early about boundaries, and I ha- treat everybody in every aspect of my life the way that I want to be treated. Yeah. And so Amen. I really want, I, I that's how I treat them. But I make sure that I maintain that boundary because I really don't think I would be of any service or good for them right. if I am. If you're involved emotionally in, yeah, too much. Too right. much and I'm yeah. crying or, yeah. you know, I'm there to support them. Right. They are not there to support me. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. 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 Now tell us what, do you like most of your job? Yeah, what's probably your that part, part, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, helping people. Yeah, we get so many wonderful uh, letters and thank yous from people yeah. we've served, and it is amazing the people's lives that we've impacted. And that's the thing that I love about going to people's homes. I really, truly feel like being invited into somebody's home yeah. is an honor that people do not realize how hard it is for a lot of people to invite a stranger, um, an expert into your home. And it, it's it's a, it's an amazing experience to be there and to help them and to make a, a difference. It's something that they will carry forward with them. Right on. And you're, you've got a great personality, Jamie, and you look nice. I mean, again, it's just, it's, you've got the whole package, good for you. Sadly, though, as I learned in our earlier conversation, so many people die alone. They they don't have family. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody that cares about them. They're they're just dying in the home. So, what happens there? Your hospice is the, you're right there. The last moments from the yeah right at the end. We do what we can. We really believe that people can make their own decisions yeah. and. We are in a geographical area that people move here for a reason. They want to maybe remove themselves from their family situation or they want to live a certain lifestyle off-grid or, um, 
you know, more rural. And so we we honor that. We're okay with that. We want them to live and die the way that they want to. You also offer lots of medical stuff, right? I mean, uh, equipment, walkers, uh, breathers, things like that. You, Coastal does that, right? Yes, we have a durable medical equipment store, Coastal Medical Supplies. It's attached to our building on 585 5th Street. Okay. And we have hospital beds, wheelchairs, wow. walkers, bedside commodes, shower chairs, over-the-counter medication, nebulizers, diabetic supplies, incontinent <laughs> supplies. I mean, it, got it's it. a lot. And we take insurance. So we take Medicaid and Medicare. And right um, it's very – and we have people there in the store that are going to help you. Yeah. So, so I want to I want to say one more thing about dying people. Some people say I can't handle it. I don't want to mm-hmm. see the patient dying mm-hmm. or, or the friend or the father. And what I'm tempted to say is it's not about you. Yes. It's about the person who is dying and you're supporting their transition. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you I see, think that's something she stated those same words earlier. I I agree. Yeah. Right? I mean Yeah, it is it's their death. It's yeah. their death, mm-hmm. not ours. Jamie, where do you see yourself in five, ten years from now? I'm here. I'm here. here. All chips in? I love this area. (laughs) I love what I do. I love this company. Uh, I love the people that I work with and the people we serve. I'm very community focused. And so, which is the reason why we opened our medical supply store, because it was a huge uh, lack of, of resources here. And this no, is that is that like Lynn care for just any DMEs or is that for? Almost, yeah. We don't do oxygen. Yeah. But uh, for the general public. Yeah. But we do pretty much anything else, and we can get quite a bit. So uh, we take uh, provider orders, and we deliver. Yeah. yeah. And we. Oh yes, right. You some- deliver. So, for, so listen, yeah. folks. You have an advocate uh, that you will use, can use, and hopefully do. Take advantage of, of hospice. It's a great organization. It's been there for both Gigi and I, big time, big yeah. big time. Yes. Good for you. Hats off. Deep bows before you. Um, how do people contact you, Jamie? Our number is 541-469-0405. Okay, that was 541-469-0405, okay. And our website is coastalhhh.org. Coastalhhh.org. All right, it's like kcaw.org. It's so simple. It's good. We all know that. Uh, how about social media, Facebook, anything like that? We're on Facebook, Coastal HHH, and you can email us too, info at org. <laughs> so for volunteering, for getting information. Yes. So you also have mixers or, or some social something or other where people can come and ask questions. Do you have that? Or is it more you go to the to your building and ask questions? Yeah, we are... More than happy to see you if you come into the building or call. Yeah. And the, the hospice in, in Brookings is right behind, right? Right behind Grocery Outlet mm-hmm. and Just AutoZone. Right, right up the hill. Yeah. And then in Brookings, you got a new uh, smaller location. but Yes. In, in Crescent City, it's on the corner of 8th and H. 8th and H. So there you go, folks. Wow. What a what a great guest you've been. Thank you for coming. So interesting. So important. Oh and it's gosh. something we're all going to deal with, right? I mean, yes. we're all going to have our demise, whether we, we like it or not. So, Jamie, thank you. Hats off yes, to you for doing you what so you're doing. Much. Very important. We love to see a woman in a position such as yours. You're a CEO. You're well qualified. And we really, really enjoyed it. And it's an important message what we've discussed today. Thank yes. you. Go Thank ladies you first. Having me. Yeah, go to the ladies first. <laughs> Yahoo. Okay, Dave and uh, Janice and dozens of other of you that only listen to the show for the jokes and the quotes at the end. No, no, no. It's, it's, they, they're for the quotes, not for the jokes. How is exercise, uh, how is exercise, uh, does exercise have anything to do with, with your belly issues? What do you mean? Well, uh, exercise, I thought you said extra fries. <laughs> <laughs> that does. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's some quotes? Okay, Got. some quotes. <clears throat> We're going back to the digestion. Like okay. a little upbeat, right? Yeah, we got to bring it upbeat. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Life is uncertain. Eat your dessert first. Right 
on. Life is uncertain. Eat your desserts. Hey, by the way, did you know that that stressed spelled backwards is desserts? (laughs) Stressed spelled backwards. Yeah, it's it's desserts, and you don't think that's a coincidence, do you? (laughs) Of course not. Of course not. Stressed. What do we have? Our yogurt. When we get back, yogurt and peanut butter and chocolate chips. Give away our... Uh, what, what else you got? What's a good quote? Dessert things. Um, one cannot think well, sleep well, or love well if they have not dined well. So true. Every night Virginia when I get around uh, Virginia Woolf, yeah. so you mm-hmm. don't do anything well unless you've dined well. That's why I know that um, every night, what, at one o'clock in the morning when I go down to the refrigerator, <laughs> it's supposed to be that way. Midnight what? snacks are supposed to be that yeah. way because why else would they put a light inside a refrigerator? <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> to light up your way to Nirvana. Totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. You're you're really on it now. I even laugh at your jokes. They're funny <laughs> this time. <laughs> what else we got? Eating food is the most primitive of all comforts. That's true. Yeah. Eating Do food is the most com- primitive of all of all comforts. What is what is that Maslow? The Maslow. The hierarchy. Yeah. Needs. Yeah, that's it. Hey, I'm on a 30-day diet. So far, I've lost 15 pounds. Or no. What? <laughs> Just fluid. Sorry about that, Janice. Hey, you know what? I'm on a I'm on a 30-day diet. So far, I've lost 15 days. <laughs> You're lucky you'd heard that one earlier. All right. What is another quote? Um, life is too, wait, life is too short to eat boring food. Uh, I like that one because it is true, right? We should dine. We should eat well. We should plate our plates. We should mastication. Yeah, mastication. Mastication. Chewing. Chewing. Yep. I got some gum. Tom is going crazy when dumps chew gum on the air. Okay. Uh, I don't have a beer gut, you know, Doc. This, you don't? No, I just have a protective covering for my rock hard abs. Ah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's encased <laughs> like my cooler. Yeah, full of beer. Hey, the Super Bowl's coming up. That's uh-huh. right. 49ers, yep. that's right. This is the last show before the 49ers. I think we're going to take uh, take the Kansas City Chiefs, although I have a home in Missouri. My parents were from Missouri. I'm a San Franciscan. Hey, I'm. I, I kind of have care. to like 49ers because Jacques likes 49ers, but I kind of like Mahomes. So. Uh, well, if who doesn't like Mahomes? He's 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 Mahomes guy. He's Mahomes. Okay. Food is the great equalizer. It brings people together from all walks of life. That's so true, right? Mm-hmm. We can all gather in peace uh, with around food. It brings us all together. Uh, no matter what our walk of life is. Um, did you know that waffles what? are just pancakes with abs? Okay, I got a little laugh from Tom. Okay, Ray left the building just now. <laughs> He's going to go to Chetco early. He's starting right now. They're better than your Santa jokes, uh, for sure. Okay, what else you got? Oh, this is a really good quote. Let food be a colorful canvas so you can be an artist. Oh, I know who wrote that one. Who? Jacques. Jacques, okay. I I wrote it. It's true. Let food (laughs) be a colorful canvas so you can be an artist. I'm working on some artwork, right? Yep, you are. Beautiful paintings and doing all sorts of stuff. And it's the same thing with plating food. Plating food. Oh, you are a master in plating food. He is so good. Uh, He is. uh, Chefing is one. Yeah. Preparing the food, but. Plating it, yeah, and the, service. The, the three presentation. Components. Yeah, the presentation is. So, I take so, pictures because it's just really awesome. You always says, "We'll see when I." And he them. still plates them up like that. I still plate them up. Like, I, by the way, I'm not fat. I'm just easy to see. <laughs> 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 All right, and last, folks, cupcakes or muffins that believed in miracles. <laughs> Yeah, cute little muffin <laughs> things. Okay. Wait, you have one other one. What? This is Where? a fun one. You got one? Okay. Yeah. What do you call a fake noodle? Oh, I already said that one. Impasta. You did? Yes. Oh, <laughs> taste. Shows you how much cheese. Okay, get into it. Doc, we have some new music. Going okay, on. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. We reached this magical ending time for this week's live radio variety show. You have been listening to Doc and Jock. Ladies first on KCRWLP 100.7 FM in beautiful Brookings, Oregon. We hope you have enjoyed this show. Jock, Wolf, and I certainly have. 
right now? I think I'm dropping the wolf because it sounds like there's three of us in here. Yes, uh, th- that's right, Doctor. Again, Jamie, Doherty, thank you for coming into our studio. You're welcome back anytime. We'll get updates what's going on. A special thanks to Tom Bozak for his engineering wizardry and um, Ray in there and everybody. Ray's party tomorrow night at Brewery. Uh, find out more. Go to Jacques Kepner on Facebook. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.